Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. It's our privilege this Sunday to have Paul Basson from South Manchester Family Church who's going to be speaking um, he's done a pre-recorded talk for us, which will come up on the screen shortly. But uh, before that, Paul Blecker is going to come and he's going to just share the passage from which Paul is going to speak from. Thanks, Phil. So we're going to read from Psalm 84, starting at verse 1. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of spring, The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favour on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Uh, good morning, Church in the Peak. And uh, friends, it's, it's great to be with you this morning, digitally, if uh, not physically, I guess. I hope you're doing, uh, doing okay in these challenging times uh, where lots of things are changing. Um, and I, I've been pondering about this lockdown and now the slow, cautious getting back to some sort of normality. And, you know, some have been working all the way through this. Some have had suddenly quite a bit of time. And now there's a longing to get back to some sort of normality or maybe a longing for change. And and I know that not being able to meet up with family and friends, we find so challenging and we long to see them and we long to see each other. And this morning, I want to talk to you about another sort of longing that we find in the psalm that has been just read out for us, Psalm 84. I want to look at this briefly and, and see a little of what's going on here and, and maybe how it can encourage us. Um, this is a wonderful song of pilgrimage and longing. The people would go on a pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem in the city of David. This is where the presence of God was in the Old Testament. This is a song of longing. It's a longing for more of the presence of God, for more of the heart of God, because to be distant from the temple was to be distant from God himself. It was written by a Levite uh, of the priestly tribe, Levites, and they would serve in the tabernacle and they were used to taking part in the service and for whatever reason this 
this person couldn't go on the pilgrimage. They were longing to go though, yearning not just for the house of God, but for God himself, the presence of God. He was jealous and so here he ponders and meditates for a while on what he's missing. And you know it's true isn't it that when people say you never know what you've got until it's gone or until it's missing. And if something's really meaningful to you or someone is meaningful to you, they're precious to you, that you long for. When, when it's not there, when you can't get to it, something happens in you. You're, there's a longing, I long to see them. Long to be there again. And he describes the people on pilgrimage as being determined to get there. They're going to get there. Their heart was set on getting there. And we too are on a pilgrimage, not in the same way. But the Christian life is a journey. This describes the journey and it describes not just getting to the temple, but there's something of eternity in this psalm. That not only describes the temple mount, but the glory, the future that is to come that we long for. This is before Jesus came, before the Holy Spirit was poured out in power on all people on the day of Pentecost. And so now, if you are a believer, the temple of the Holy Spirit is now residing in you. The Holy Spirit has been poured out for all. You and I are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to go on a physical pilgrimage to find God, if you like. But this journey, this journey that we're on, is a pilgrimage. We're on a journey. And for them, it was fraught with hazards. It was hard, as indeed it is with us. No one said it's, you know, it's going to be a rose garden. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic life. It is fantastic, but it is challenging. And here it says sometimes they... The people would stop in tents overnight, sometimes for months, but they were always ready to go at a moment's notice. You know, we are on a journey and it hasn't fully felt like that for a while. We may feel like we've been stuck in our tents and our houses, our flats, our places where we live for the last few months, just hunkered down, stuck in. And I want to look just briefly a little bit pick some things out some of the things that stand out about a people who are on a journey on the pilgrimage these people that we can maybe learn some things from the first thing to notice is the big thing is they hunger after God if your heart is set on the journey they hunger after God it says how lovely is your dwelling place again for them it was the temple for us we are the temple and yet when we meet together God is among us his dwelling place is in us and among us. It's a beautiful thing. He creates a compelling hunger. It says, my soul longs, faints for the courts of the Lord. I can't remember, I don't, think, I don't know if I've ever fainted in longing for the courts of the Lord. But this is some, some thing that he's really trying to express here. A longing. Longing to be in the presence of God and of other believers. It's a strange paradox it's the wonderful ability that God has to satisfy us, while at the same time make us hungry for more. For this writer here, a knowledge and an understanding of the temple was great. They would know all the workings of the temple. They worked there. They worked in the tabernacle. But it's nothing like actually being there in the presence of God. 
says, my heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. The other thing that they knew was they knew rest. They had a time of rest. They knew rest, on, even on the journey. Some people maybe in the last few months have found it restful. Very restful. Maybe, maybe too restful. Some have struggled to cope with the extra space and time if you've had that. Or maybe the quietness. Some have relished that. And here he mentions two birds, the sparrow and the swallow. It says that they find a home where they can have their young. The sparrow represents someone who feels insignificant and obscure, overlooked even. You know, there's, in the Bible it says that God sees. He sees when the sparrow falls. It's insignificant, a small, obscure. And the swallow represents something different. This is the bird that flies around. And it represents someone who is restless, maybe. Always on the move. Always on the move. And he's saying here that even a man or woman who feels like that has a home in God. A place of security and warmth. You see, today, if you feel insignificant, the word to you is, you can have a home in God and rest in him. Isn't that wonderful? You say, I have no place to rest my head. Yes, we do in Jesus. We may feel useless, but there's a place for us in God. And the person as well who is restless, restless in their mind and thinking, always on the go, you can find a home in God too, a place to build, a place of purpose, a place of fulfilment. Are you restless this morning? Come and find a place with him. It also says they face all sorts of challenges on the journey to the temple. But they continue to move forward. It says they knew strength, they knew endurance, they worked really hard. And then they knew the blessings of God as well. So what kind of people are these? It talks about highways in their hearts. All through the Bible we find references to the highways and they always refer to what we do in our lives to prepare the way for God, to give God access to all areas of our life. We make our lives not only a highway for blessing for us, but through us to others. It says they go through the Valley of Baca. The Valley of Baca was a dry, barren place of weeping and sorrow. And yet it says they made it a place of springs. See, in our life, on our journey, we will go through some dry times. We may be going through some dry, arid times now. But it says they had to make it a place of springs. What does that mean? It means that the springs weren't naturally occurring. So they had to dig. They had to dig wells. And you know, when we go through dry times, sometimes what we need is just below the surface. And when we're in a place that's dry, maybe in a place of sadness and loss. We dig deep into his promises and truth. But because of what the Holy Spirit does in us, we are able to turn sorrow into joy. He does that in us. The Holy Spirit fills our lives with pools of blessing and springs, fountains of joy. And in turn, these places, these pools of blessing, bless those around us. You see, the springs don't just pop up, but he gives us a determination to see the flow of the Spirit, to long for that. 
Remember the story in Isaac where of Isaac where he had to rebuild his father's wells because they were neglected. And they'd been blocked with rubbish from the enemy. And there are people, there are people who maybe you, you're one today, you, you've known the flow of the Spirit and now somehow there's a blockage. What do you do? Do you say in Jesus' name go? Well, you can do that. But no, we have to dig it out. We have to kick out the rubbish and keep it clear. So they, they dig and the pools of blessings spring up. And then it says the latter rain, the autumn rain comes in verse 6. And it's a symbol of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. As we dig and dig, suddenly the rains come and God gives a blessing. So, so the question is then, why, why bother digging then if the, if the blessing's going to come, if the rains are going to come? Well, the reason is we can't get through the dry bits without digging. We can't survive without drawing from the resources of God. So, as the pilgrims were oppressed by their surroundings, they brought blessings. It was an oppressive place, this journey, certainly in this valley of Baca. But they brought blessings instead. You know, for us, maybe we're criticised, you're criticised or ridiculed for your journey, your pilgrimage. Our response is to get on with the journey, to draw on Jesus and to show and tell about him. And as we do that, the world is blessed in return. It says that their strength is in God. And for us, you know, we can keep digging pools of blessing because he gives us the strength to do that. If you don't know the strength today, if you're feeling a bit weak, ask him to strengthen you so you can keep dig, keep digging. And be a pool of blessing wherever we go. It also says they kept together until each one appears before God. It's important to keep together on the journey. Because individuals who spread out could easily get picked off by the enemy. They knew this. There were bandits in the mountains and the hills around. They knew that it was a dangerous place. So as a people, it, it's good to keep together with those around us. Let's get alongside someone and do them good. We can do that again and start to do that again now as, as this lockdown un unfolds slowly. You know, as a community, we bless one another. We, we stir up the gift of God within us and we can give it away to others just in order to build each other up. And I've seen so many stories and using different ways obviously we're using we're using zoom and and different digital ways at the moment but more and more people are people aren't stopping doing that so my encouragement is not to stop doing that to keep building each other up and how are we doing how are we doing with keeping together how are you doing especially during these challenging interesting times how do we outwork this this is even more of a challenge and for us what are the key areas of community for you? Maybe that's changed a little, or maybe it's changed quite radically. But we still need each other, and everyone else still needs you. We all need you, and we need each other. So the people on this pilgrimage, they also, they were prepared in a strange way for the unexpected. They didn't know what was around the corner, but God was with them. But they didn't live in fear, and we're not called to live in fear, but we understand that warfare is involved. They also knew their final destination. For them, like we've said, it was the temple. For us, it's the glorious bride of Christ, a new heaven and a new earth, 
eternity, knowing and being fully known by God. Fantastic. Isn't that amazing? Where are you going? Do you know your final destination? Perhaps like the psalmist here, that maybe you're far away from God. You want to know him, but in your heart you know he's distant somehow. You know, without Jesus, there can never be the journey. And it's as we come to him that God fulfills the promise he made through Ezekiel, when Ezekiel said, when he said this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I remove your heart of stone and I give you a heart of flesh. The journey begins by making Jesus your king. One of the other things, the characteristics of a people on a journey on this pilgrimage was they had a heart that was undivided. In verse 10 here it talks about life with and without God. They're contrasted. The writer th said that it's better to be on the outer fringes of God's presence than to be a member of any other household. And see, a heart that's divided is one that prefers other things to God himself. These people on a pilgrimage, they wouldn't go all that way to not go to the temple. So the heart set on being with God, being in his presence, knowing more of God, wanting more of God, getting there, prefers the things of God to the things of the world. You know, it's obvious that what God has to offer far outweighs anything the world can give. And yet so often we look away to other things to satisfy. Why do I want a McDonald's when I can have a five course meal? You know, God is so good to us. In verse 11, it says this, it says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. He shows us the way. He's like sunlight. We've had a lot of sunlight lately. It's raining at the moment. Maybe it's the blessing of God. We have sunlight to show the way. He's like that, it says. And if we need protection, he's our shield. He gives us life. And no good thing does he withhold from whose walk is blameless, undivided. So often, if you're like me, I need to ponder on what Jesus has done, on who we are in Christ, in God's goodness. We appreciate these things. We learn to treasure them. This turns our head back from the world around us to capture a vision of God and of heaven again. You know, in the end, the writer sums it all up. All those who trust in God are blessed. In God's presence is everything we need. Do you want to be there? Do you want to experience more of God? I'm going to pray for us in a minute. You see, when we run to him, he sees us from a distance and runs to meet us. Do you want to experience more of God? A taste of heaven on earth? See, the psalmist says, well, we need to long for it. We need to cry out for it. We need to pray for it. Are there things that we need to get rid of in order to make more room for him. It starts with a longing, you know, and even that longing is God-given. But it continues with a journey. Let's long for God and travel to him because there's nothing greater than being in his presence.
Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are a good father to us. Lord, I thank you that you are that sun and that shield. I thank you, Lord, there's these people, of your people on a pilgrimage to, to see you in the temple. I thank you so much, God, that Jesus, when you, when you went back to the Father, that you sent the Holy Spirit, that we have your presence with us, in us, residing in us. Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to, when we need to, to really dig deep. You're just under the surface that we dig. And there is a pool of water, living water, that overflows, that, that blesses not only us, but those around us. And then we also pray for your rain. We pray for your spirit to fall on us afresh. We pray for your spirit to fall on our towns and cities, our neighbourhoods, our families, even the nations, even at this time. We're so desperately in need of you. Father, I pray, let us not giving up, let's not give up meeting together to, to, to pursue one another in God, to see the Jesus in one another. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would help us. But I pray now for each of us, wherever we are, pray for each one listening, that you would just fall on them afresh, that you would be like the, the, the autumn rains, cool, refreshing, nourishing, that refreshes and lifts up. Oh Lord, I pray, come and fill us afresh, Holy Spirit. And I pray you'd put a fresh longing, a new longing, a stronger longing, passion, almost a, a fainting desire to be in your presence among us. Lord, where we meet you face to face, one day we will. We thank you so much. One day we will be known fully and we will know fully. Lord, we, we, we want to bless your name. We thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you, Lord, that in these times, even though they may be... Uh, challenging and a struggle and difficult Lord Jesus and there may be quiet moments we thank you that you are on the move that you are always fulfilling your purposes and even what the enemy wants to throw out and throw at us and throw at the people for bad for harm you turn it for good and that is our prayer and use us Lord Jesus we thank you thank you Lord thank you that you came for us we bless you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Oh, thank you, Paul. What a great word and encouragement to us. And I just want to encourage you to take that to heart and to uh, meditate on it and allow God to speak to you and uh, receive from him an encouragement. And just along with that is encouragement here to uh, Dave. Uh, what more just sent through earlier? Uh, I think it's just appropriate to share with you is uh, from Isaiah 43, 18, 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams within the wasteland. And we've had a lot of talk about how um, there would be uh, a new norm at the end of this pandemic, that things would be different. And I just want to encourage you that we're to look to what the new that God's going to do, not what uh, a pandemic dictates, but actually what God's going to do and encourage you to do that. And Marion just sent through an encouragement about our worship. She'd seen a picture of clouds and uh, just how important it was for us to lift our voices. And she'd seen these telephone cables running through us. So obviously a telephone brings sound, a voice brings something to you. 
and um, what she was saying about how from those telephone lines as we speak out our praise our worship across the Peak District it resounds out there and glory to God and so I want to encourage us we're going to finish with a song